sure you're ready for this? I'll do my best. Your best? Losers always whine about their best. Winners go home and f*** the prom queen. Welcome to the Big Soccer Show. The best soccer show in the whole world. Here we go, best soccer show, backheel.com, Jason Davis, Jared Dubois, live Monday night, I am here, it's not my normal setup, I feel very strange, Jared. But you know what, I like that you sound human now, because your voice has always been way too, like, like silky <laughs> and deep, like, this is how you really talk, this is how you really sound. Okay, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm just for a little background as to the situation here. My kid came down with a fever today, headaches, sore throat, the whole works. And rather than cancel the show, because I have a dedicated studio, which means leaving. So instead of canceling the show, we decided to do it with my home setup, which is much more rudimentary and basic. I'm wearing a Skype headset. Like, I got, you know, the headphones with the little microphone sticking out. So I'm sure I sound really different, Jared. Yeah, and there's no like flare around you. I don't know how you're going to be able to do a show without like scarves behind you. It's to, and like, I'm, I, I'm inspire actually, you. I'm actually sitting in the dark in my apartment right now. It's fairly dark. I mean, I have some lights on, but it's like uh, it's like a little best soccer show after dark action happening right here. Ooh, yeah. Ooh. Are we getting intimate? Well, I mean, you and I are are naturally intimate with our relationship on this show. But I think uh, I maybe say, I said let's make a night of it. Light a candle or something. Well, I see. I did. I used this setup. Not exactly in this way, but I used this setup yesterday to do a rabble broadcast, um, the the Red Bulls New York City FC game, which we're definitely going to talk about tonight. And I think what I established is that being in this environment with a different setup, my headphones are very different. I don't actually get any any audio feedback at all from the setup. I I'm sure I sound like I'm sure I'm speaking different. Like I'm not giving it my full on radio guy thing, which I don't necessarily try to do. It just kind of comes out. Oh, so we're not getting the full baby face. No, I mean, I well, I don't know. Maybe I don't know if I'm even trying. Like I'm saying, I don't. I don't think it's um, intentional. I think it's all natural. I think we're gonna have uh, a few less drops than we normally have, too. Just to let the listeners know. Yeah, actually, I'm looking at my setup right here. I have the open, which we just played. I have this one. Duh, and or hello. I got this one. Totally necessary. Zone. I have this one. Go go USA. I've got this, of course. This is a staple. What the heck? I don't know what this is. Oh, I see what this is. This is not uh, properly edited, so let me uh, let me get to where it needs to be. So there's that for some reason, and then I still want to be a part of something where skin that smoke wagon and see what happens. And that one. So there you go. That's the full compliment. I still want to be a part of something where, uh, like, my chant is I go all night because that's so not true. Well, I don't think uh, you know. I think that's one of those. um, I don't know. You know, how are you going to get the? How are you going to get that chant? Just a different time in my life now. I'm just a different time (laughs) in life where, like, now it's like. uh, I get up at 4.30 in the morning like every day. And like I can't go all night anymore, dude. I can't stay up all night. I can't be awake. Like I can get – actually, you know what? I did do this. I Friday night, I knew my wife was going to take uh, wake-up duty. We usually each get a sleep-in day on the weekend. So for Saturday morning is my sleep-in day. I stayed up way too late playing video games. And I was like, oh, my, my life used to be this. I used to love those days. Define way too late, by the way, because I'm curious. Because uh, I'd like to compare. Okay, w- one a.m. on what? Which night? Like a Friday, Friday or Saturday? Okay. And you have two kids. You have the home yes. life. Now, my situation is slightly different. We sort of pulled the curtain back a little bit last week on what my life is like these days. On on the bonus show. So if you didn't get one, ah, oh, that's show. right. It, it was the bonus show. Okay, so I won't go into much detail, but I will say that I have typically have my weekends free, like free, free, like. Me and no other responsibilities unless I'm working and a little bit. And you still have no desire to go see DC United. <laughs> that's not exactly part of the uh, – I do, but that's – anyway, we'll, we'll come to that one day. 
but I'm actually finding my myself being pulled along into some late night revelry that is outside of my usual zone, and it's like tiring. being out, like being out in the world at times of those of those times of night. Yeah, exactly. Like like when you're you come home, so you're it's... at you're at the club like. Um, glow sticks. I wouldn't say that's happening. This actually, that kind of did happen on uh, on Saturday night. So I don't know. Maybe it's, chicks got you doing glow sticks. It's not. It wasn't glow sticks. It was actually. We ended up. I don't even know how. We ended up at this bar with a band that was like six pieces. They were kind of like I don't even know how to describe. They, they it was like they were trying to be the roots a little bit. They had a female singer, a male guy who would rap a little bit. Dude on the dude on a guitar wearing like the Incredibles T shirt with the uh, the sweatband on his wrist, you know that look. Oh man! <laughs> and you basically they, you hung out with Alan Gordon. They were doing like uh, like medley '90s medleys and like mixing up stuff. They did uh, they did Beverly Hills with Fresh Prince Beverly theme, like but, like mixed in. So like yeah, but like with the Fresh Prince of Bel Air theme, like. As the lyrics, and then they go into the chorus of Beverly Hills. Yeah, exactly like that. I'm okay with that. By the way, I think uh, Trevor's on the right track with this. I think for in, 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 for radio purposes only, we will refer to uh, your lady uh, <laughs> as Molly from now on. Just because if she's taking you out to raves and stuff like that, I can't. Be it's sure not a rave. That you're not. It was not a What's rave. That? It's not a. It wasn't listen, a rave. I don't know. I, I think that's in the near future. This is an escalating situation. You just want to imagine it was a rave. That's that's your situation with if, that. Yeah. I want to see you uncomfortable as hell at a rave. Actually, I would be super uncomfortable at a rave because of the because of the the people around me. But I, like fun in the, happening in the environment that I found myself in on Saturday. Like the only reason I said glow sticks was because the one of the guys on, in the van was like passing out the like. The ones that you can put on your head, around your neck, like they weren't glow sticks. Oh, it was like, like glow bands. Glow band, whatever they're called, and yeah, they're just throwing them out. Like that's what it reminded me of it. But I was super comfortable in that environment because it was like people generally in my age group getting, you know, having fun, dancing stupidly. I like to do that. So I'm not going to see thing. Jason Davis and Molly out at like a Dead Mouse concert anytime time soon. No, no, that's not going to happen. I think I think the detail I left out of this whole situation and and. Maybe we'll move on directly after I say this. Is she's she's Puerto Rican, so there's like a culture thing happening there, like a culture. Oh, gap. you got some spiciness in uh, Molly. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. By the way, phone lines are open tonight, three four seven seven five six six two seven six. We are at basic setup levels, home edition of Best Soccer Show After Dark, but we should have phone lines up and running. Anything you want to talk about tonight, feel free to give us a call. There's certainly a lot of MLS topics, Jared. This is a this wasn't like the 35 goal Saturday weekend, but this was a very interesting weekend for uh, for a lot of reasons. Bicoastal weekend in a lot of ways. Yeah, I think there's the a lot of the big names were uh, on display this weekend. It's one of the first weekends where all the big name uh, signings, except for one, were in uh, activity this weekend. Uh, Didier Drogba still not to, has not made his uh, appearance yet. In MLS, hopefully that comes in the near future. But the Pirlos, the Lampars, the Geos, everyone's out there and in effect this weekend. So it was a fun weekend from that standpoint. Um, out of all of them, though, there's one game we will not discuss. It shall be name, remain nameless. As the rule and best soccer show, there was a zero-zero draw. So uh, as a result, I don't believe we're going to believe. I don't believe we can talk about it unless no. you absolutely have to address. No, that that game is uh, is going to go unmentioned. You can figure it out. There is, uh, yeah, Jared actually just said the rule blatantly right there. We nearly had the same thing in Montreal, and you mentioned Drogba. He was in the stands. He was in a luxury box or whatever at Stade Saputo watching his new Montreal Impact his, teammates. He should he should be on a luxury box when he's on the bench. <laughs> he should be. He should be. He should have like a like the Pope Mobile only stationary. Like in glass and just sitting there. Yeah, like he just chilling. comes down out of the crowd, uh, almost like he's like a wrestler that wasn't supposed to be a part of the event, and he just like comes in uh, at some random point and runs down <laughs> through the crowd and jumps into the game. Yeah, let's see if my uh, audio settings are correct here. Three, four, seven. You're on the air. Hey, it's Mark Fishkin. Hey, good old Mark Fishkin, celebrity hey, sighting. Hey, did you riot this weekend? Did you get? Yeah, did you throw some garbage I bags? You know, the suburban dad uh, component of the rioting was really the highlight for me. Yeah, it was a whole lot of dad bods going at each other. <laughs> um, Mark, I'm, Mark, I'm sure you have a legitimate New Yorkers red stuff to talk about, but just real quick, how angry does it make you when you are a lifelong Metros fan, New York so- soccer fan, a guy that works his butt off, 
to make sure that this sport is represented well every week on your show, uh, Seeing Red. And you see dumbasses like this, and you you know there's a segment of population in that DC, uh, the New York metro area that's not going to equate soccer with this. Yeah, well, I mean, you, you can't. <laughs> there's been a lot of talk about all the talk about what happened uh, on the mean streets of Newark. I think, I think the sad part is um, it distracted from what was a terrific match with a, an unbelievable atmosphere. I mean, as intense an atmosphere that I've ever seen and um, seemingly overshadowed by a bunch of low foreheads uh, throwing things at each other. So that's that's the downfall. Also, the fact that you know American journalists in general don't really know how to talk about the game, and I'm generalizing greatly because there are some great beat reporters and some very um, very very strong journalism going on in New York. But you know, I, I guess if it if it uh, Throws a sandwich board at Leeds, I guess. I don't <laughs> you know, uh, I talked a lot about this today on Soccer Morning. I, I got yeah. a little worked up about it, Mark. I, I, I had people telling me we were over, uh, we were over uh, reacting, and and maybe that's true. But I I just think this is a slippery slope situation. Now, let's you know if you if you don't want to talk about this, if it's if we can move on quickly, I think that's probably best for everybody. Certainly, <laughs> your your team made another statement, and three in a row against the the team from across the river has got to feel good. Yeah, no, it feels good. I, I, there's not much more to say about it. I mean, there are a bunch of guys who walked into a bar that they shouldn't have walked into looking for a fight, and they got one. And I think, you know, full stop. Um, the game itself is terrific. I mean, high energy, high press. Uh, the Venjata put out this 30-second uh, clip of Purelo being really poor. And... I don't know what to tell you. I feel bad for Christ. I mean, he's got, you know, he, he was starting up with a bunch, you know, it's an expansion team, right? Until these larger names get signed. And as we all know, being um, long-time watchers of the American game, you don't just plug in. The majority of European arrivals don't just plug in one, two, or three weeks in and change a team's fortunes. It just doesn't happen that way. It just takes time to get used to the game. So uh, I attended all three of the matches uh, in the series. Obviously, a lot of Red Bull guys feel that, you know, the blue team is truly Don Garber's shadow baby. And um, while it, it, it certainly um, has been a success in the sense that I think it's polarized and focused the Red Bull fan base in a difficult time for the club, um, the fact that they're playing so well is terrific. And the fact that uh, Dax has been the second coming over the last couple of weeks has been great. And, I mean, they're, they've won six of eight. They're six, one, and one in their last big game. They and, look for real. They look real. They look like a team that's a legit cup contender. And considering the, the fact that they were supposed to be rebuilding, Mark, I don't know that anybody thought that would happen. No, I don't think, I don't think anyone did either. And, um, you know, there's a long way to go. They've got 12 games left. And, you know, they're one uh, knee ACL tear away from disaster, as a lot of MLS teams are. But I, I would like to think as uh, season ticket renewals open today, uh, it's a really good day for it for the Red Bull to open season ticket renewals on the day that uh, on on the day after such a, an outstanding win. Now, Mike, Jared, you mentioned you, you mentioned that the uh, this has helped polarize the Red Bull fan base, and I know it's been probably been pretty segmented for some time. Between um, some of the things that are going on about coaching changes, uh, what players should be uh, doing, what I, I, I know that the Red Bull fans has always been a, it's been a tough thing. You guys have been segmented for a while, but with the New York F- New York City FC coming in, how much of what we're seeing in terms of the rivalry feels organic? to you it doesn't feel at all contrived or the fans on the other side the blue side are they bringing the right kind of heat to kind of participate in a rivalry well first of all i think it's hard to argue that teams owned by austrian and emirati overlords are organic there was an there's an incredibly ironic um 
image that's going around with some New York Blue fans hanging a banner that says, New York Ultras against modern football, which is absolutely hysterical, given the fact that, uh, you know, they're not even Man City 2, that's Melbourne, they're Man City 3, right, in New York. So, um, you know, a lot of the, I don't begrudge the NYC fans for signing up for their team. Um, I've gotten over the notion that these guys couldn't find the path train if a map hit them, <laughs> more or less. And, and Jason and I have talked about this in the morning. You know, there there are people that simply will not, cannot, won't permeate the membrane of the Hudson River to come to, to New Jersey, except when their pointy ball team is playing, and it's no problem. But I digress. Yeah. Um, a lot of these fans are new to the league. I mean, they're really, were completely unaware of the league before this team joined. And so you see a lot of really naive responses and a lot of very steep learning curve for these folks. The notion Mark, that who's, Mark of, whose uh, fault is that? Whose Why fault is it? is it that these guys didn't know about or were, did, weren't oh. fans of MLS or even knew that MLS was going on? Is that MLS's fault? Is that the Red Bull's fault for not converting these guys? Whose fault is that? Well, I, I listen, a, a message requires two bodies, one to broadcast it and the other to actually receive it. And it's no surprise that I don't, I don't know if the Red Bulls had been selling out in giant stadium and winning cups and investing in tons of press if there would ever be a need for a, a New York City blue team. Um, the Red Bulls were notoriously, um, cheap with their marketing dollar in the most expensive marketing uh, media market in the country, right? Does it make sense to take it a billboard in Times Square for a month for millions of dollars or invest money into the youth academy, right? And so mm-hmm. I will say um, the Red Bull season ticket base in coming into 2015 was the largest it's been uh, in over a decade, right, at Red Bull Arena. So... You know, I think it's the league's fault. I think it's certainly the Red Bull's fault. And you have to put it on the fans. I mean, a lot of these fans, I think, um, if I, if I read right, there was a story that said the majority of NYCFC fans on opening day have never been season ticket holders of any pro team. So they are doing something right in the sense that they're yeah. reaching an audience that heretofore was just not in for anything really. They, and they've, coalesced around this expensive, not very good team. And I'm not naive enough to think that that they won't figure it out. Of course they'll figure it out. Of course they will figure it out. And then sometime down the road, there'll be a a juggernaut in this league if they do it right. Um, You know, there's a new car smell, though. And you wonder, given the poor experience in Yankee Stadium, given the size of, I mean, 18,000 season ticket holders. Yeah. That's very, very impressive. Uh, I you think wonder that, how many of those guys will re-up for year two after right. a very difficult first year. We will find that out, Mark. And I think that I don't want to throw too – I mean, I think the Red Bulls are definitely culpable on some level. But there's a group of people here that just weren't willing to listen or weren't listening or chose not to listen or needed something – different than what Red Bull or Metro had sure. given them. And that's, that's you know, that's just the way of the world more than anything else. Yep. Um, all yep. right. Well, Mark Fishkin from Seeing Red. You can get that on com. Fantastic podcast. Mark, congratulations on nine points. Uh, more congratulations on the season so far. I don't know if you're going to chase down DC United, which I'm sure you'd love to do, but it's well, looking good. Well, we've got three games in hand on them, and we're eight points behind them. Okay. And, uh, Win them all. So anything goes. Yeah, absolutely. There goes Mark Fishkin. Thanks for the call, Mark. Yep, thanks, guys. Yeah. Uh, we we had another call on the line. They didn't want to wake it, wait on Mark Fishkin. I'm sure Mark, <laughs> I didn't want to say that while Mark was on the air, Jared. It's 347-756-6276. If we didn't get to you there, uh, keep I'm trying. I'm sorry, but I'll, I, I, I'll make anybody hold for Mr. Mark Fishkin. Yeah, Mark is, uh, is uh, he is soccer fan emeritus uh, in this country. If you don't know Mark Fishkin, you haven't been around very long. You should be paying attention. Uh, where were we? I mean, we certainly didn't touch more on what we got out of We New were just York. on very general MLS stuff. We were talking about Mr. Drogba, and uh, I think Mark took us right into probably one of the lead stories on the week, which is the New York City soccer wars. Uh, what's your take so far? Is it fair to uh, 
to maybe uh, be disappointed in NYCFC, given the fact that a lot of these guys are new to the team and they're still kind of figuring it out? I don't think the expectations should be should have been as high as they were. Um, I think it was easy to imagine, and, and Mark hit on it, to, that you throw a bunch of money at a problem, and this is the way it works in soccer, that you throw a bunch of money at a problem, and suddenly you cobble together a team that can win some things. MLS is a different animal in a lot of ways. You can't throw... Uh, money at a problem across the entire roster. You can only throw it in certain places. And considering the direction they went with the guys they threw that money at, uh, it was going to be difficult. I think they would probably be a better team right now if they had started the season with Tommy McNamara on the field, Quadro Poku on the field, um, uh, probably Jacobson, although he can be hit or miss. Uh, there's, there's a couple other guys. I mean, obviously David Villa started the year and was strong. If they had been consistent and and Christ knew what his team was going to be throughout the season and could ride that all the way, they might be right there, sixth, fifth, you know, challenging for a playoff spot. But you throw uh, Pirlo into the team, you throw Lampard into the team, and now everything's out of whack. And Jason Christ is having to. Yeah, and you're getting Poku and McNamara into the game into the season late as well. Well, I mean, I'm saying your Christ is having to figure things out on the fly. And and not really there, there was no there's no way to prepare for for Andrea Pirlo coming into your team. You have to stick him in there and figure out what's going to work. And I think that you know what what Mark said is true. I feel bad for Jason Christ. I I think this is a backward situation for him. In at RSL, he was able to first of all work with Garth Lagerway, who was very good at finding players and and doing what Jason Christ wanted to do with the team. But he was able to build the team, and it had the team ethos. It was that team is the star thing. There was never a guy who outshined anyone else in terms of salary or or star power. And they were sort of able to put together those pieces. Had a, uh, you know They won an MLS Cup in 2009 and were a consistent threat throughout his tenure there. Now it's in New York, it's not, it's not as though there's a set plan. It's the bosses in Manchester saying one thing. Christ is trying to get a couple of his guys. It's this hodgepodge mix of philosophies that's not working. I, you know, honestly, you're going to tell me that Jason Christ would have signed up Andrea Pirlo if it was purely his choice? I don't think so. I, I don't think so, but I, I also understand that I, I think he understands that this is what he signed up for. I, was he under any no, no? Other I, kind I, of- I I understand that. I think that he he made his bed here. I just don't think it's a good fit for him. I mean, think I think he had the notion that he was going to learn something, that this was going to be a cool project. But but Jason Christ made a a name for himself in this league by playing one of the few styles in the entire league that utilizes a number ten, that plays a diamond, that that gets the most out of a level uh, a number ten in a creative position. So. I, but there was never is the guy that he should he should want. No, but there's no okay in RSL again. It was sort of this incremental process. Let's build this thing up. Let's get this player and this player and this guy fits in my system and this guy fits and here's the perfect guy for what I want to do. Whereas at NYCFC, you know, I'm sure some of those guys he scouted. I'm sure some of those guys he chose. I've seen some rumors that Claudio Reyna picked a couple of the guys that have not turned out very well. So you've got all of these competing interests. Then you've got the big, again, the bosses in Manchester who say, well, we're in New York City. We've got to make a splash. We want to sell season tickets. You're signing Andrea Pirlo. And again, I, I'm not saying Jason Christ doesn't think that Andrea Pirlo is one of the great players of the world. I just don't think he would have chosen him in MLS, knowing what he knows about this league, if everything was equal, if it was his choice. Because Andrea Pirlo, and we've seen it through a couple of performances now, he doesn't, he absolutely needs someone right next to him covering, uh, making up for all that ground he doesn't cover. I mean, when Dax McCarty stripped was, him of the was ball. Wasn't that Jacobson's role? Yeah, but Jacobson. Okay, first of all, Jacobson's not good enough to cover for Pirlo. Yeah, I mean, he's not Dax McCarty. Dax no, McCarty's the guy that Pirlo needs. We're talking Dax McCarty. We're talking Will Trap. We're talking Perry Kitchen. We're talking um, uh, Darwin Saren. We're talking yes. uh, uh, Ozzy Alonso. Marcelo Sarvis, maybe. Uh, although age, I think, is an issue for Marcelo Sarvis. I, I mean, we're talking about somebody who really buzzes around and, and makes up for all of the deficiencies of Pirlo, so he can have. Two seconds on the ball to pick a pass. And again, part of the problem here, it's not just Pirlo in his position and having somebody cover for him defensively and, and him giving up the ball like he did against Dax McCarty on the weekend. It's also that he doesn't have guys in front of him beyond David Villa and maybe Lampard now, though who knows where Lampard really fits, who 
understand where to be and how to make the run and what at what point. I mean, I'm I'm sure there are some guys that can do it. I'm sure they do it occasionally, but they're not doing it as consistently. Pirlo has to look up, scan the field, realize he's got nothing going on, turn, pirouette, take another look before he picks his pass. He didn't have to do that at Juventus. He didn't have to do that at Milan. I, I think I still think that when you look at the front five of Via, McNamara, Lampard, Disgrude, and Pirlo, they're going to figure this out. Christ is going to figure this out. I'm more nervous about their back four. They've had a lot of movement, different pieces, Wingert, uh, Hernandez. This game, this game, they go with a center back duo of Mina and, and uh, Facey or Fassi. I'm not sure which way he says it. but I, And I'm not sure which one of them was the one that had a horrific uh, time trying to deal with the cross that results in Bradley Bright Phillips' first goal of this game. And I, I'm more worried about what they're going to do with their back line. And that's the kind of thing you see like with – we talk about Toronto – Toronto, very similar to NYCFC when you think of the where they've chosen to spend money, how they're trying to attack MLS, get the big-name flashy players to play up front, and we'll figure the rest out when we get to it. Yeah. I don't know if that if that's a template for success no, in not. this league. It's not. This it's, is still a back-to-front league. I mean, you need attacking talent to go score goals, but this is still a back-to-front league. But this no is one's going to show up. If you if you were to sign... I know. Let, 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 I know. Let's say you were to sign real Ferdinand. For but you don't need back, that. But, but you, know, you know as well as I do that you don't need that in MLS. What you need to do is go down to Costa Rica and Panama and yeah. uh, certainly uh, Honduras and find don't center get me backs. Wrong. I think Angelino's going to be a fantastic player in this league as long as they can keep him on loan. Yeah. I, mean, he, I think he's got the, the, the definitely where, where NYCFC should go. But I'm very nervous about their center back tandem. I'm nervous about whether or not they can find someone's going to work on the budget that they're going to be constrained with now. And I think you're right when you talk about it's the, it, it, it's that back, the front to, it's a front to back style that NYCFC is, is building the roster. But you're right in that in MLS, back to front still works. Yeah. And back you to know, front still works. And it's not sexy, but. It depends what NYFC's goal is this season. Is their goal this season to get people to sign up for season tickets, to come attend games, and get their name out there and establish the brand? If that's the case, they're doing the right thing. If they want to be in the playoffs and, and have be contention of winning silverware this season, it's not. Yeah. Um, uh, Facey is a baby out there. Jefferson Mina nutmegged himself on that cross by uh, Kamar Lawrence. I mean, you just have some issues. 425, you're on the air. Hey, this is Matt from Seattle. What's going on, Matt? You're not feeling good right now, are you? Uh, no, I need some help from Jason or from Jared. Jared, so, wait, hold on. We, we, we can loan you Maganto. <laughs> I was gonna say some some galaxy uh, some galaxy help. <laughs> no, is it time for the Sanders to go uh, slump busting? And if so, who does the dirty deed? Ooh. Is that uh, Brad Evans' job as captain? Ooh. To go what? Slump busting. Do you know what slump oh, busting is? Yeah. No, no, what is it? You wear a rally cap? I don't know. What is it? Uh, uh, do you want to? Can you? Do you think you can do it, Matt? Can you? Can you? Uh, <laughs> can you describe uh, when this? When you're in a really bad front of form, uh, you go ahead and find somebody who's really, 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 really easy. Oh, oh, oh! Okay, I get where you're coming from. You jump on the grenade. Okay. <laughs> well, that's different. That's that's your. That's your no, helping. Okay, you're jumping on the grenade for yourself. For yourself, you're choosing. You're choosing that you, path. Listen, if you're going slump busting, then the, the, soccer wise, man, you need one of these easy CCL teams to come your way. I'm not sure who they have next in CCL. I know you guys had a tough run with Vancouver. I, I don't. I don't know. I, I, I feel bad for Seattle right now because this is not fair. It's not. And, and you know what? And and I mean, it, it's not in the sense that they're dealing with the same things that all MLS teams deal with from year to year, especially the successful ones, when you hit that that stretch where you got a bunch of international absences. Now, they also got hit by injury. They're just like everything came together and landed on them like a ton of bricks, and they're still digging themselves out. And, uh, you know, when Clint Dempsey gets hurt in training ahead of a big match against the Galaxy, you just know how bad it is. And then we haven't even talked about Chad Barrett, Jared, scoring in the first minute against your boys and then pulling up lame on the celebration. How bad is that? That's the most Barrett thing that could that could happen. It, can we call it, it the it, Barrett? It, it, are we are we going to name it the Barrett? It's it's a, Yeah, he strained his Barrett. Um, there's, <laughs> I, 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 thought we I, were, I thought we were going to get killed in the game, guys. I thought we were going to get killed in the game, and then Barrett ended up scoring that goal, and I lost my mind. Freaked out my wife and kids and everything else, and then uh, Barrett pulled his hamstring, and I was like, figures went out of here. 
Yeah, but yeah. Barrett's not the difference in this game, though, Matt. And I'm sure you know that. And here's the thing. Here's no, another part no, of this. Galaxy know, didn't play that, that well. We're so far down on the depth chart. Yeah. But I think that what I'm really more worried about here is it's obviously the easy worry is not having Martins and Dempsey and Papa there. A huge loss. I mean, that's yeah. a triumvirate of, of, of loss that any team would struggle with. And then Ozzy Alonso not, not being able to play as well. But what I'm really scared for, 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 for Seattle is Chad Marshall, uh, Nate, uh, Nate Scott, they're, they're not Zach Scott. Zach Scott. They're, they're not looking like the center back tandem from last year. They look lost a bit. And I get that they have two new uh, fullbacks on either side of them. And I wonder at some point, now, Matt, to give me your take on this as a Seattle fan, are these injuries and the unbelievable slate of bad luck coming down Ziggy's way, is that what's going to save him one more year? I don't know, because once again, it ends up coming back to the question of, so... Uh, if you end up getting rid of Ziggy, who you replace him with? And I'm not on the boat right now to get rid of him. I, I honestly feel like he's got a horrible run of crap luck. This feels nothing like two years ago where they couldn't win a game to save their life down through September well, okay. and October. I, I think but it depends, right? Completely different. But, yeah, it I depends mean, on. Who do you replace him with? It feels like it's uh, Bruce Arena, Ziggy, maybe Jason Christ, and then. Seattle the might be the coach? one to splash cash on a big time European well, coach. Well, we'll we'll see that, but what I was gonna, we'll see if that's ever going to happen. But I, I, I was going to say that it depends on how healthy they are come playoff time. I still think they're going to make the playoffs, Jared. I mean, they are teetering right now, but I can't imagine them dropping below the the red line. So if they make the playoffs, it all depends on how healthy they are when they get there. Because if they're healthy yeah. come playoff time and they don't do anything in the playoffs, then that's on Siggy. I mean, I know that rhythm is part of this and momentum is part of this, and they might not have a ton, but you're but still expecting time, to win. Jason, seven years, no MLS Cup. Seven years he's been given at Seattle. Okay, but, but with okay. unbelievable resources. Yes. A fantastic support oh. base. Yes. And I would say. hasn't I, gotten it done. Okay, I, I thought that. But, uh, that but, this, but also, Jared, Jared, a ball off the post. Did that ball against the Caninho hits in the conference finals? So it bounces left instead of right. Then the Sounders are in the finals. Last that still year. doesn't win him an MLS Cup. They still got to win the game. I, I know, I know, I know. But you got a lot better chance of winning if he. I, I felt like it, uh, LA and Seattle last year, it was a uh, razor's edge between the two. Now, that being said, it sounds like a poor loser in uh, Seattle, and I accept that. But. No, 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 I'll, but you I'll have... even say as an LA fan that MLS needs Seattle to be good. LA yes. needs Seattle to be good. Yes. Absolutely. It's a more attractive league, and it's a more attractive Western Conference with Seattle. I want that rivalry. I want that competition. I because you know what? At the end of the day, I don't want to be every person in the league to look at LA and say, "Oh, they bought that championship." You know what? Seattle's spending money too. Let's get these two teams pitted against each other and see who the best team is. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what I want for this league, and that's what I want in the East Coast too. I want someone to rival NYCFC, and maybe it's Toronto, but it doesn't look like it right now. Give them a couple of years, maybe they can do that same thing over there. And then every two years, I want the RSL to win this whole thing and show that you don't need to put a spend all the money because this league can be won by anyone any given year. It's just your, the tactic you choose to go to, the style you want to be as a team, and perfecting it. Anything else, Pat? No. All right, man. Well, I mean, let's hope yeah, the Sounders. Yeah, I'm gonna go cry. So, yeah. <laughs> He's gonna go cry. Let's hope the Sounders turn it around. Uh, well, I'm it sure he does. It wasn't even fair the lineup that LA put up against Seattle. That's just like it's almost like a guy stealing your girl and then bringing yeah. her to your work to eat dinner. Duh and or hello. Yeah, it was it was not a fair fight uh, at all. And it wasn't a fair fight. LA still didn't play that well. No, they didn't, um, but they made it count. Giovanni Dos Santos got the goal. We'll, we'll get into some of that, uh, and I'll ask you a question about what happens if L.A. wins again. Four, two, three, you're on the air. Hey, guys, it's Andrew from Chattanooga again. Hey, what's up? What's what going on, up? Mike? Yeah, congratulations on the crowd. Thank you, thank you. It, uh, not winning was a bummer, but I think we, uh, we've showed the world that, I don't know, Amateur soccer has uh, got a place, at least in some market. Jared, did you know about this yet? Chattanooga what FC? 19,000, or was it? 18,200 yeah. for the, the MPSL final. They lost to Cosmos B, coached by Aleko, by the way. No, uh, I, here's what I think. I, what I love about this story is Chattanooga is probably not a city that's ever going to get a major team in, in, in any sport, and that's not a knock on them. That's just 
that's just demographics, money, exposure, all that type of markets. But I love when I see a town find their niche. And Chattanooga may have found their niche with soccer. Mm-hmm. And you know, and maybe that means maybe one day they get a qualifying game for the U.S. national team if they can put stuff together. You know, maybe there's something down the road for them. I don't know if they have a stadium to do it right now, but if you if Chattanooga is able to get enough success, they can build a moderately good uh, soccer specific stadium. Maybe they get a little they get thrown a bone here and there. Maybe there's a future for Chattanooga in a different way. I can I see do that. They have a, do, they have a, do they have a university that's got a decent t- a stadium there? I'm sure there's a University of Tennessee Chattanooga. I just don't know how big they are if they have a stadium. There is. That's the uh, Finley Stadium, which is not on campus. It's an independently run stadium that's in downtown. That's the stadium that's hosting the U.S. Women's National Team game gotcha. in, uh, on August 19th. And what's the capacity over there? 21,000 and change. It's perfect. I mean, I don't know if it's a good place to, to watch soccer week in, week out, but, you know, obviously that's a good size for, I mean, and we talked about when he, when Andrew called in before, Jared, we sort of talked about the, the market size of Chattanooga. And I made a crack about, uh, not a crack, but I made a comparison because RSL, I think, is the smallest market in the league. And somebody on Twitter was saying, yeah. um, well, you know, the population of, of, of Salt Lake City is only 180,000, whatever it was, but there's one point something million people in the, in the greater Salt Lake City area. There's only, Half that. Yeah, it's, or, all those, or, it's all those doomsday preppers on the outskirts. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 like half that in Chattanooga, and and the, that's what you're saying. Chattanooga is going to run up against the ceiling. We, and Andrew, we've talked about this. Um, I hope there's a future there for something. Um, by the way, you know, I don't know if you saw this. Bill Peterson's talking about pro rel again for NASL, and he's saying, you know, maybe we talk to MPSL about it because where else are they going to go right now? USL is partnered with MLS, and MLS is not doing pro rel. Yeah, they certainly, uh, they were, the NASL was, had people in town last weekend, and it, it's not the first time they've come to Chattanooga, but with the event that was put on with, you know, 18,000 people showing up in the end, and all 22 boxes that were for sale, or that were open, you know, being filled, and it just being such an event, they were in town, and they're, they're pushing hard for expansion, certainly, and I, I think they would love to be in Chattanooga if, uh, if Chattanooga FC wants to make that leap, which I'm, I'm not sure they, they actually do yet do yeah. as you're talking about the market size. Well, you got you got to have the investors. You got people have people willing to put up a lot of money with a very big possibility they're going to lose money for a while before they ever see a return. And, and maybe that's something that's a hard sell in a place like Chattanooga. Andrew, uh, again, congratulations on the great showing uh, for Chattanooga FC. Too bad about the the championship game, obviously, but I'm sure they'll be back next year. What's uh, what's what's next between now and and the start of a new season? Well, the, we've got nine, a nine month off season unless something changes. So that's, that's a, uh, a long time to wait. The exciting thing is we do have the women's game coming up, which sold out in 10 hours. If you remember it, there was a pre-sale for the women's game, the coded pre-sale. So there were some tickets sold before, but it's the 21,000 and change sold out in, uh, 10 hours. They released Fantastic. it midnight, like 10 a.m. It was sold out. So. Fantastic. Good stuff. See the women's game, man. They're setting precedent. They knew, they knew yeah. Chattanooga was going to get hot before Chattanooga knew it was going to get hot. Andrew, appreciate the call, man. Thanks a lot. Thanks, guys. Yeah. You know, speaking of the women's game, Jared, and we'll come back to MLS here, but this is definitely worth a mention. So, NYCFC and the Red Bulls play last night. Uh, I did the Rabblecast for that game, got done, had some writing to do, and left the television on Fox Sports 1, which is where that game was and they followed it up with Portland Thorns Chicago Red Stars in um, in WSL and I stuck around. I, I ended up having to, to to pull myself away eventually, but I stuck around through a half. Some really good soccer being played. I'm telling you, there's like no reason Press not to watch game. it. Christian Press looked amazing. Uh, there was a fantastic goal in that game um, that was sort of one of the. It was almost it was almost Donovan against Portugal, but I'm not positive it took the deflection. It was sort of from that same angle. Very cool goal. Very bad howler on the other end by the Red Stars to give the Thorns an equalizer. It was fun. I mean, there's no reason not to watch that league right now. But here's the thing. Somehow, I didn't know that game was going to be Fox Sports 1, so how is MLS missing me? Maybe it's my fault for not watching NYC. Probably. I I had DVR'd the LA game, so I watched that during that time. There was obviously a... um, There was obviously a... uh, a lead-in element. I mean, I don't know how much they promoted the game. I think this was the first national broadcast of NWSL that... Uh, that Fox Sports One was doing, and they've got that new deal that they they announced during the Women's World Cup. So, um, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I, it's I, I'm stoked for them. I think it's great if they're going to keep back, piggybacking them like that because I 
I think I would tune in for it. If I knew it was going to be on, I would have been there, you know. And I think it's if they're going to piggyback them on the backsides of each other, I think that's a great thing for both MLS and and, and the women's league, to be honest. Six three one, you're on the air. Hey, this is Mike Mullen from New York. How you doing? Hey, Mike, what's going on? Uh, nothing. I, I heard you guys talking about uh, NYCFC and the back line, and you know, you mentioned about going down to you know South America and picking up a, a center back. Like that, isn't that what they did with Jefferson Mayer? Yeah, I mean, look, obviously, in that particular case, he hasn't come that good yet. But yeah, I mean, they, they did do that. They they went and got. Uh, I think you were talking more overall about that's the way teams usually balance their budget when they go to spend money up front. They go mine talent down there. It's not that NYCFC didn't. I think you were just talking about the the blueprint for success. If well, because only as Mike, I only used, I only mentioned that as a counterpoint to, to Jared saying that you know nobody's going to go spend $5 million on a center back in this league. And, you know, NYCFC is trying to do what everybody does traditionally, which is go to South and Central America and find defenders um, or, you know, get a big Norwegian or something. I don't I don't know. Um, it, it just hasn't worked out for them. And they've got competing interests in that team. You, you know, when, when I, I mentioned it already, when you've got a president who wants to sign certain players, a, a coach who wants to sign certain players, a city football group who wants to push certain players into New York for whatever reason, whether it's experience because they're not ready for stuff in Manchester or they're just young, talented players they want to get exposure for. I mean... You know, there's a lot of things going on there. Well, got, and I think that's yeah. you know, the point of it is I, I think that when you have players like an Angelino or a Shea Facey, you know, there, there's a lot of defenders that are being developed in Europe that probably are never going to be, you know, top-tier talent, but they, they can play well on the MLS. And if you want to see where they're going to, you know, shape up as, a, as defenders, you know, you talk about all the players that are coming to the MLS as attackers, you know, that's a good place to get some, uh, some really tough minutes. Yeah, that's absolutely true. That's absolutely true. Mike, anything else before I let you go? Uh, no, that was that was it. I just wanted to chime in on that because I heard you guys talking about it. All right, I uh, appreciate the call. Yeah, it's a, it's a good point. Jefferson Mina is a Colombian defender, Jared. 516, you're on the air. Grella, U.S. Men's National Team. Discuss, Ooh. please. Ooh, Mike Grella. Jared, I, we have a list here. This is one of the things we have on our on our sheet is to talk about guys who deserve a look. And maybe this is a January call-up kind of sheet. I don't know, Mike Grella. Maybe, maybe. I mean, he's been he's been pretty good for them. I don't think anyone's done more with one opportunity between a guy's legs since Kim Kardashian. (laughs) Okay, you just got stepped on, and you can't repeat the joke. But I'm gonna. All right, there you go. That was a nutmeg joke. Uh, that caller just dropped off. That was a nutmeg joke. Not a, not a poor effort um, on your part. He, you did get stepped on, which is the caller's fault. Th- a caller's fault. Three hundred one. You're on the air. Hey, Amir from Allen Suburbia. What's going on? Um, so you know, I'm going to talk about DC United return of Benny Ball. One shot the entire game with the one no lead. <laughs> uh, the Benny Ball uh, it's l- the label. So yeah. From six Four to one nil. Yeah, I don't think any team has done a one eighty like that, Jared, uh, in in quite some time. I mean, I that, I'm trying to think of a good analogy. I'm sure you got something off the top of your your head you could come up with in life. No, my man's just feast of famine. I mean, it, it's I, I, I don't know. It's kind of like like you have a hit record and you, you like you're so hot to follow it up with something and it just bombs. You just it's it's a you know rough, what it is rough turnaround. It, it, it's very much like going from a hit record. I'm going to build on this. Going from having a hit record, selling out Madison Square Garden, and then like your record drops off the table, you got nothing to follow it up, and the, a year later you're playing, uh, you know, you're playing the county fair in Iowa, or something like that. I mean, that's where yeah, it's I mean, at. Twenty five shots to one. I mean, it's not even the fact they only got one shot off. It's the twenty five to one statistic. And I don't know if it was I don't know if it was Ben Olsen, but someone said, yeah. But you know what else? Another number that important: three points. Yeah, you three know, points and, is all that matters. And, and it is when you talk about it, it's Benny Ball, but it's not really fair anymore if they're also going to score goals in the other games. I, it's I, it's smart. They got the result. DC is showing that they can win a number of different ways. Is this the most attractive way to win? No. Is it going to get fans coming back week in week out? We'll see. A lot of fans will show up for results, and DC's always been supported well when it's won. I'm not sure that that's their concern right now. Their concern is making sure they have a chance to go win an MLS Cup. And Amir, I ask you as a fan. 
if you think that this team is good enough to do that. I mean, you should believe, but certainly it's confusing. If they play Benny Ball, I don't think they score enough. If they don't play Benny Ball, they're leaking goals like crazy, and you might get caught by any number of teams in this league. I think this year they have they have the chance to go to MLS Cup, but I don't think like if they go up against something like LA or Seattle when they're hot, you know, they're just gonna Birmingham and Boswell. They're gonna they're gonna crumble. I think. Yeah, it's a, it's gonna be a tough go because I mean the, the the firepower out west is is legit. I mean you know and and look the Revs are gonna it's turn Sebastian it around. Legit. It's about. <laughs> <laughs> just, that is unbelievable. Can I even? I don't even know. Uh, when was uh, that? Was forced. Uh, Amir, you got anything else, man? Uh, that's it. Just saying, Chris Rolf, U.S. national team captain again. Oh, there you go. All right, thanks for the call. I don't think we're putting Chris Rolf on the list, but Jerry, do you want to do that? We, list we don't real have. Quick? A, yeah, let's do this because I think we were talking about we we're making a list of players that have zero uh, U.S. national team caps playing in MLS that. Maybe we should be getting a look. And I think Rolf actually does have a cap, if I remember correctly. I think it was yeah. a number of years ago. I think it was while he was with Chicago. So I, I wouldn't put him on this list. I don't know if I put him on this list anyway. I well, think he's 32. He's probably in, yeah, he's 32, yeah, it, yeah. It, it, I think that ship has sailed. I mean, listen, if you needed a one-off game, like let's say a Gold Cup, yeah. maybe you bring a Chris Rolf in. Um, Chris Rolf. Maybe even a- Chris Rolf has more than one cap, Jared. If you were to guess how many caps Chris Rolf has, what would your guess be? Blind here. Two. That's your guess. Man, yeah. you sh- you shorted him pretty hard. He's got 10. Really? Yeah, he's got 10. He made his debut I in 2005. I do not remember those years. Yeah, 2005. It says he, no goals, no no scoring for the national team. But I'm, well, that's I what wonder we how get, many total minutes. I, I, yeah. Probably not a ton. Um, the list that we've got, again, the, the criteria here, this is only four guys. If you guys have other people out there we're missing, definitely throw them at us on Twitter at Best Soccer Show or give us a call 347-756-6276. We're here for uh, about another 15 minutes. The guys we have on this list with no call-ups, no caps. Now, some uh, at least one of these guys is a is a um, youth international. Actually, a couple. I think two of them have been youth internationals, but they haven't been full senior squad members. Uh, I've got we've got Matt Miazga, New York Red Bull center back, uh, a, a guy who has a very bright future, is playing yeah, at a very. I don't young think his age. time is now though. Okay, fair enough. Very young player, um, Sebastian Legette, who you just mentioned, is tearing it up for the LA Galaxy. Couldn't yeah. couldn't cut it at West Ham. I mean, if West Ham's going to beat Arsenal every week, then maybe he doesn't uh, have a spot mm-hmm. on that team. But I, I can't imagine they couldn't use a guy like him. Whatever. He's he's LA's game now, and he's been their best signing of the year. And you know, depending on how Giovanni Dos Santos pans out, depending on how Gerard pans out, I think he's still going to end up being the signing of the year for them come playoff yeah, time. When you think about the bargain aspect of it, it's definitely the signing of the lead so far in terms of return on investment. Yeah, uh, Ethan Fenley, um, a guy who has been tearing it up for Columbus. He's benefiting from Kai Kamara being up top, but that doesn't Kai mean Kai is benefiting from Ethan Finley as well. Absolutely, absolutely. It's a, it's a, it's a, uh, it's, it's a good relationship between <laughs> and, the two. And by the way, the fourth guy on this list, Harry Ship, who's benefiting from him? Nobody, Nobody. right now. And and he's not benefiting That's a crime from the guy. Against Chicago. Yeah, he's not benefiting from the guys around him. Um, you know, one he's thing we haven't talked about. He's going to turn into Chris Rolfe or Justin Mapp if we don't. Get, if, oh. No, if if we if he doesn't get some help soon and start being someone that like he isn't enough to carry his own radar. Yeah, you, someone you, has to help him carry that radar. You know how you know how like if a if a school uh, does poorly on tests and doesn't graduate graduate enough kids and just is a, is a bad place for education they have like yeah the I state. get this funding cut and maybe yeah, lose well, accreditation yeah like the state will take over like in public schools like have you ever heard about like the state comes in like this was the story of yeah. lean on me you remember lean on me right yeah. Um, with, uh, oh, do I Morgan remember Freeman. Lino? That's one of the best movies ever. I'm just saying. So that was the whole story was that he had to get the scores up so that they, the, the state wouldn't come in and take over the school. I feel like Chicago Fire or that, that school at MLS. Somebody needs to come over and take over. The, I'm not saying MLS should because that might not work out, but they need to be taken over and somebody needs to do the right thing with that club because they have so much potential. And they haven't really ever lived up to it. And I didn't do it on purpose, but the two guys I just compared Harry Ship to, Justin Mapp and Former fire players. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) 503, you're on the air. Oh, hey, guys. Patrick in Portland. How you guys doing? What's going on, Patrick? Hey, you know, I was thinking, uh, you know, I think, Jason, you've talked about this before on Soccer Morning and stuff, but um, do you guys really think that, you know, we're kind of in, like, the glory days for – 
soccer fandom in this country. You know, homeboy that called in last year or uh, last week from Chattanooga. He just had 18,000 of his friends out watching that fourth division, you know. And uh, I was actually at a T2 game on Saturday, just walking around, going to get a beer. And uh, Darling, he nagged me, walks right past me, and I give him a fist bump. Do you see that that really being like, I can't imagine that's going to stay like that, you know, with the popularity increasing in this country, you know, coming, coming the years forward here. It's pretty stunning right now what's going on. I mean, think about this, Jared. Not only do we have MLS and it's growing, there's expansion teams all over the place, at least looking to, to go to more cities. They're building stadiums everywhere. Not everything's guaranteed to be a success, but it's still blowing up. NASL is expanding and doing their thing, and, you know, at least they're putting up the bucks to challenge uh, MLS on some level and, and putting a good product in front of people. Then we're talking about MPSL getting 18,000 people out for games. The women are selling out games all over the country after winning a World Cup. NBC has re-upped their deal with the Premier League for six more years to put th- those games on every platform that they have the way they've been doing. You're going to get to be able to see Bundesliga games on Fox Sports now. All I want right now to really complete this Golden Age is for Fox to come good on their broadcasting every MLS game. Well, I, I'm also waiting for the best soccer show to have a home somewhere on television. But beyond that, I mean, we really can't be too You picky, think there'd be a – I mean, listen, we both got TVs made for, for video. Let's be honest. I mean, Faces we're made, made for TV. For... <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that is Patrick. I think you're. I think you're right. I mean, you know, I just mentioned that Thorns game yesterday. I don't know what the attendance yeah. was, but I know the Thorns draw crazy numbers. People love their soccer in Portland, the country. I mean, you know, look, it's not a mainstream accepted top level sport in a lot of places. It's not a mainstream top level sport for a lot of broadcast outlets. But we're headed in that direction. And if you do, if you can separate your soccer fandom from caring about any of that stuff, it's an amazing time to be a soccer fan. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. For sure. All right. Appreciate yeah, the call. I just hope that, uh, you know, moving forward that, you know, we'll be able to still see guys like, like first teamers hanging out at the USL games and, you know, keep it a little a little cool and niche, but at the same time, it's just going to keep growing, and, and yeah. that's a good thing for everybody. Yeah, that's a good point. You, you did mention that, given the high five to Darwin Snagby. Thanks for the call. The, the thing, Jared, is we're going to get to the point where the access is going to be gone. Where I mean, you know how big of a deal it is for anybody to see a pro athlete from baseball or football or basketball out in real life. Like you see Kobe at Disneyland. That's amazing. And he's, there's like a billion people around. Like I saw a a terrible quarterback, uh, the the, the Washington football team's quarterback at a restaurant. And it was like, Oh my God. And people are on their phones. Yes. Um, I saw him at a restaurant. I didn't care, but I saw him at a restaurant. People were buzzing. They're all calling They're calling their boys on their phone, telling about it, taking pictures with him. And you know, he was a regular guy and and it was cool. But it was a big, big deal. I don't think it's a big deal unless you're, I don't know. I mean, give me a name. I Who mean, actually well, could do that? Listen, Gio's, Gio's going to have that effect. In, in LA, LA, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I guarantee you that he may have a bigger, he may have the biggest recognition factor in his home city. Well, home city is in terms of what team he plays for. Maybe than anyone since Beckham. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't know if there's anyone else that – maybe Henri in New York. Maybe. You think Henri had that kind of no, uh, clout in New York? No, not at all. No, because Henri was riding the, the, the path train into the stadium because he wasn't getting recognized. Going to yeah, his G- home Gio stadium. Gio can't ride the bus to, to StubHub. No, no. Gio needs uh, Gio needs to to be riding to be. Well, I don't know. Would Gio drive himself? He's that kind of guy? He's going to get the Hummer and do the L.A. thing? Or is it going to be – Oh, he's trust me. He's getting Hummers. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, hold on one second. I just got to reach for the... Uh, you know, to go to go back to our, our list of four, Miazga, LeJet, Ethan Finley, Harry Ship. Who has the most immediate need at the U.S. Men's National Team right now? You mean who fits the most... Yeah, who fits the most immediate need? Uh, Miazga, he does. But he's, as you said, maybe a little too young. I'm going to say LeJet. Okay, maybe I think, legit. I think if 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 Giassi's artist is a striker, then it's legit. If Giassi's artist's future is a left winger, then maybe legit mm. falls back. But you're now seeing they're finding a way to play both of them on either side. So maybe Giassi can go both ways and go on the right and for the U.S. national team as well. But I think Sebastian Legette is of the caliber and even maturity, I would say, and refined enough to play for the U.S. men's national team in the near future. Okay, six six one, you're on the air. Hey guys, it's uh, Robert from Los Angeles. What's going on, Robert? Hey, I wanted to uh, ask uh, Jared his thought on uh, Donovan Ricketts uh, coming back to the L.A. Because uh, 
I don't you know, like, yeah. I didn't quite like the first, you know, when he could see that goal, because uh, he just stood there kind of like a statue, and I was just wondering uh, if you thought uh, his opinions on Brian Rowe. I hated Donovan Rickens the first time he was here. I, I, I am not a fan at all. I think he has, I think he's got stone hands. I think he'll make a dramatic save every once in a while, but he should. He's like 6'12". So he he's going to make certain things look good, but he couldn't even get a high... Uh, there's a 50-50 ball that uh, poor, excuse me, Seattle almost capitalized on because he couldn't take it down the air. Roughly unchallenged. I mean, he hit, the ball hit him in the hands. I think he's always had a problem dealing with balls in the air. I think that he he cries when every time someone touches him. He fakes injuries just... I, for no reason, when they don't have the lead, he fakes an injury. I don't understand his his need to always like be dramatic in the goal. I'd rather have Brian Rowe. I think Brian Rowe, you, LA Galaxy and Bruce Reed have always done well with whatever keeper they throw between the pipes. Donovan Ricketts, uh, Josh Saunders, uh, Jaime Pinedo. The only ones they couldn't get to work was Kudachini. That's just how bad Kudachini was. Brian Rowe has been done a serviceable job for LA. I would have liked to have seen them invest in the young guy and, ma- and make it work. Uh, Robert, are you uh, satisfied with that answer? I mean, I, I, you know what, Jared, we haven't talked about this, and the Galaxy are juggernauting. I'm going to turn that into a verb right about now, as they do every year. But that that yeah. move and that the loss of Pinedo and the signing of Ricketts was the first time I thought to myself, "Well, uh oh, that's not good enough." I don't think Donovan Ricketts at this point in his career is good enough to take a, take a team to the MLS Cup final as a goalkeeper. Well, if you weren't going to go with Brian Rowe, then my goal would have been to go get a guy like, and this is going to sound bad, but hear me out, go get a guy like Zach McMath that's sitting on the bench for Colorado. Because at least the guy has talent and is young and you can invest in him. I believe in, in uh, Matt Rice to be able to get him on track. you know, and. Uh, I, I, Donovan Ricketts is a step backwards. He's too old. He's too slow. He he's bounced around from club to club since he's been in. He's been in Montreal. He's been in Portland. He's been in Orlando. He hasn't been able to, to to cement himself in any place since he left LA. Why is this the answer? Brian Rowe would have been a serviceable addition, or you go after one of the guys sitting on the bench. Zach McMath has enough talent that he can start somewhere. And I don't like saying that. I feel dirty for saying that. But I'd rather have that than Donovan Ricketts. Robert, you agree with that? Well, yeah, it, yeah. So I was saying, like, it kind of makes sense. Uh, I was looking back at, it, like, you know, with what Heinzel let me, like, you know, he was talking about, like, uh, I don't know, I think it was money, and I just flashes back, like, at the beginning of the season, uh, Brian Rose stepped in because uh, he was a comedy player was was like holding out contract talks or something like that. But I felt yeah. like I think uh, Rowe, had, uh, I'm going to say earned it, but his like his performance has uh, merits uh, keeping the number one job. I, I would I would put him in the same caliber as Antonello with RSL. When Nick Romano isn't there, I don't worry about Antonello if you're backing him up. That's the same way I feel about Brian Rowe. And if Nick Romano retired tomorrow, I think RSL will be okay starting Antonella. That's their next guy. I think Brian Rowe's been groomed for this position. He's done well when uh, he's been given it. So, I mean, we're spending a lot of time talking about a backup keeper at L.A. But it's, yeah, let's not do that. <laughs> yeah, but I, I I question the choice. It, it, yeah. it, 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 it's it's got to kill the confidence of Brian Rowe. I think it's obviously Bruce calling you know calling one of his guys and grabbing one of his guys, and and he feel he feels comfortable. I mean, ultimately that might be the most important thing. Robert, appreciate the call, man. Thanks, guys. Yeah, there goes Robert in L.A. All right, we're coming down the last few minutes of the show. I mean, we've added a couple of names. We threw out a couple of names as possibilities for the national team, Jared. Guys who don't have. A cap yet. I feel as though we're probably missing two or three other players. Uh, Perry Kitchen's gotten a call up into the, into camps and been on lists, but I don't think he has a cap yet, does he? Maybe he does. I don't recall him getting one, but maybe in cap come cake, he saw some time. Okay, so uh, he might not count uh, on the list. I mean, the, again, these are you know mostly going to be young guys. He does have two caps, so Trey Kitchen doesn't. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't have anyone else that's really beaten down the door, in, in my opinion, in terms of uh, making a name for themselves. I think we cover. I would love to find a way to get Dax McCarty into this newest national yeah. team, but I just don't see it. Yeah, I, I don't either. I, I think he probably but he's deserves cap, so he a doesn't look. Fall in this category anyway, yeah, no, he wouldn't. He wouldn't be on this list. But if we're talking about guys who deserve to be recalled, who who have kind of slipped, I mean, Benny Failhaber's top of that list, one hundred percent every single time. Then it's let Dax me throw McCarty. one out there for you who may need a. 
a one-time tr- change of uh, of citizenship now uh, be- because of the the plays done for youth team. But has Diego Fugunda shown you enough this season? Um, sure, but I don't think he can do a one-time switch. H- has Kellen Rowe shown you enough? Yes, I'd like to see Kellen Rowe get a look. Does he? Does has he gotten a call ever? I, I feel like he's gotten a call. I, I don't recall if he has. I think he maybe beat Lee Wynn out once, and he got called, and Lee Wynn didn't. But I don't know if he got any caps. He does not have a cap. Kellen Rowe does not have a cap. As I would for, put, would, where would you put him above or below Ethan Finley? Below, based on current form, but I think above Kellen or below Harry Ship. Below, I I love Harry Ship's game. I really do. I'm a big okay. fan of Harry Ship's game. Uh, but you mentioned Figundas. That's imp- that's an impossibility, by the way. You have to be eligible for both countries when you play for the youth team of one. You can't then get your because he's not well, a he citizen. Wasn't eligible for the U.S. yet? No, he, he, the, he was not. Yeah. Right. So he can't. I mean, he can't. He couldn't switch if he wanted to. Um. So that's that's a, that's fine. I mean, uh, we're waiting on Darn- Darlington Nagby to get to get uh, his citizenship come. This winter, this fall, and, and perhaps get a call up. I, I think that's a guy that Klinsman calls right away as soon as he can. I think so. The, the window's going to close otherwise. I mean, he's yeah. not getting younger. Was he twenty eight at this point? Uh, twenty. I want to say twenty six. Twenty six. Darlington. He's not twenty eight. He's not quite that old. I think he was uh, older than we thought last time we talked about this. Sure, but I don't Pro- think producer I, Trevor. This is what you get paid for. Well, he doesn't actually. Are you paying him? Because I'm not. He's twenty five. He's only twenty five. Twenty five? Yeah, I think you just think of him as having come into the league at like eighteen, and he should be twenty three. He's, Le- he's now. got LeBronitis, man. He looks older than that. <laughs> well, he is a father, so you know how that adds on some of the years. Oh, tell man. me about it. I just got a text of a, a poo in a kitty toilet while we've been doing this show. It was like, <laughs> yay! Well, mine decided to crawl out of the bed and he's with his fever, and then come crash on the couch next to Daddy because. That's what he did. Because uh, he wanted to hear my voice through the headset. Yeah. You know what? When, we're, when we, do, we do the bonus show after this, I may talk a little bit about some of the stuff I went through last year. I don't think I've ever actually gone into detail with the best soccer show. I mean, we don't usually do f- sad stuff, but I don't know. It might be good well, It's background. not sad anymore, though. No, it's not. It's, it's definitely not now. All right. So we, uh, let's wrap this one up. I mean, you want to put a cap on this. I don't know if we've hit on everything. Uh, are there any MLS games out there that deserve a comment that we haven't given? I mean, I'm thinking Vancouver RSL is worth a mention. Not only just because Vancouver Vancouver's bombed them. destroying people in front of him and RSL is just deflating. But also because RSL didn't play a bunch of guys, including Plata well, and Beckerman Well, it's funny. When I, I went on uh, on frame, the RSL ESPN radio show probably about um, a month Ooh, ago. I went humble on. brag. Yeah, that's not even a humble brag. Straight brag. I'm just telling you a fact because I'm going to talk about something we <laughs> talked about on it. And I put it to them. I said, is RSL at the point right now where they're going to put it in D.C. or Philly mode and the salvage for the season is investing in the Open Cup? And they thought it wasn't at that point yet. But now we're seeing it a little bit, right? Absolutely. Like what else? Are, how much do they really have to play for this season? I'm not saying they're out, but you have something tangible in front of you you can go after, and they're at the point now of diminishing returns, and maybe this is where they go, they go for something to salvage their season a bit. I think that, uh, you know, that may be the case. And if, um, I believe it's Chicago who has first hosting rights and then RSL. So if Chicago doesn't beat Philly in the other semifinal and RSL can squeeze out a win against Sporting, they'll host the Open Cup final too. And they can sort of use that as the big centerpiece of their season, especially, especially considering where they are in the standings and the way things have gone. And, you know, Kassar needs something to hang his hat on in 2015 because, They've taken a big step back, and and they we talked about them rebuilding, changing formation, trying some new things out. They've had a lot of injuries. They try they traded Alvaro Sabarillo, obviously, and it just it hasn't clicked for them. Eighth place right and now. Be, in the and West. before we go out right now, very 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 quick quick pick your poison regarding uh, Real Salt Lake and one other team. All right. Sadder storyline this season. RSL's continued crumbling is that the right word in terms of what they've lost in terms of players what they've lost at the at the highest level because you and i are rsl lovers lovers of what they've done over there yeah i've fallen out of love or which is a sadder storyline this year rsl's decline or san jose's inability to take advantage of a beautiful new stadium i would say rsl's decline because of what they represented in a in a league that's built on parity they were the example that that parody was a real 
viable thing and that if you were smart about it and you had a good coach and you picked your right picked the right players for your system you could be successful even in a small market you could sell out a nice new stadium you could do all of those things you could challenge for MLS cups and now they've fallen off and I don't think there's a new representative for that yet I don't think we have a team that fits into that mid-market kind of territory Jared I mean DC's an uh, an OG team in this league maybe they count but that's a I mean DC is a big market New York's a big market Columbus I suppose might fit but you never get the sense that Columbus is going to be consistent and they don't have an identity quite yet I mean Bill Bill is building something they'll get there maybe but it's not there yet uh, and to me, he, this is the biggest. This is the biggest stat separating RSL and the Western Conference and the Eastern Conference. RSL has given up 37 goals on the year. The Western Conference is averaging roughly, from just ballparking it right now, looking at it, 25, 26 goals given up uh, so far in the season. RSL at 37, yeah. but that 37 is right in the average of teams three through ten in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, they look like an Eastern Conference team. That's exactly. I, mean, exactly I, I right. think that's the difference between these two conferences right now. Yeah. I mean, the goals against. I mean, their Eastern Conference is just leaking goals, and I'm not saying it's to the Western Conference, but that's a big difference in terms of where these two conferences sit right now. Yeah, well, there's an you know you you got to go on goals. The goal difference for the top four teams in the West is positive. Everybody else is negative. The f- goal difference for the top two teams in the East is positive. Everybody else is negative. It's just, it's a By rough way, league. Houston Dynamo are positive down in the seventh seed in the Western too. Oh, they are. Oh, they are plus two. How did they pull that off? That's amazing. They don't score goals. They, they just play good goals. defense. <laughs> All right. Uh, Houston Dynamo getting a, a win over that San Jose team you mentioned. DeMarcus Beasley looking like 23-year-old DeMarcus Beasley. That was Jitterbug Beasley. right there. Yeah, there he was. All right. That's a good place to go out. We're going to stick around and do a bonus show. Uh, if you guys need that, um, want to listen to that, check that out. Uh, hit us up on Twitter. We'll share the link with you. And all that jazz. Jared, uh, we're out. Anything else? Ready? All that jazz. Okay, that was a terrible way to end the show, but, uh, you know, there it is. See ya. Hey,